so um, I've been reading my Bible for many years now, and what I'm always amazed by is that it's just a giant book of instruction, that this is the manual for life. This is how we can go about everything we do, every challenge we face. The answer is, is in here. And God uses his word to... Um, to open that up to us. He said, it says he'll give us understanding in everything. So it's not just a book of pages and of words. It's actually his, his instruction book to us. Um, lately, he's been talking to me a lot about sowing and reaping. So we're in harvest season, right? The crops are coming off the field. Um, everything's being collected. The farmers are processing it and it's harvest season. Um, we t Daniel talked about harvest as well. And in God's word, he talks about sowing, reaping, harvesting, farming, all of that over a hundred times. Okay, that's a lot of times to, to mention a topic. Um, so in the beginning was Adam and he was the first farmer, right? God created Adam and Eve and Adam and Eve sinned and they were cast out of the garden. And it says that Adam was called to toil and till the ground. So he was the first farmer. Farming has been around since the beginning of, of time. So it says in Genesis, it says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, these shall not cease. Um, when I looked into agriculture, so I'm like studying, sowing and reaping, doing all kinds of like checking out agronomy, right, Kim? Uh, doing all kinds of study about farming, sowing and reaping. Ken, you could probably know all about this from Saskatchewan, all about farming, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I learned that it's a really intense industry. So I learned fun facts, like a third of the world's food relies on bees, like a third of it. So if bees went extinct, there's one third of the foods that you probably buy on a weekly basis that you wouldn't be allowed to get. Um, I learned that 60% of the world's economy relies on the farming industry, but 100% of us rely on what it produces, right? So it's like foundational in our society. It's a principle that God has um, put in place. So though modern technologies have come along a way to increase the yield of farming, the principle remains the same. You prepare the soil, you plant the seed, you care for the seed, and then the seed grows and it gets harvested. So from the beginning of time, that hasn't changed. We're making more and more and more crops producing now than ever before because of world population, because of greed too. Um, but the, the principle remains the same. They haven't figured out a new way to grow things. It's still gotta be planted, it's gotta get in the earth. So um, farmers harvest different things at different times. If there's all kinds of different crops, there's oranges, there's coffee, there's avocados, there's cotton, like the clothes, these jeans, these come from a farm, right? So everything, agriculture covers everything. Um, the scripture says that Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So we should pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So God is the Lord of the harvest. He's Lord over everything. Lord means master. It means ultimate dominion. It means that he has ultimate control. He controls the harvest. We only control the, the sowing. So we, we put the seed in the ground, but he really is the one that causes the growth. So we can sow daily in God's kingdom. Um, our field is our workplace. Our field is our community. Our field is our, our home. It's our social media page. That's everything around us is our field. That's where God wants us to sow. Um, if we look at Jesus in every place he went, he went about teaching and preaching and healing the sick and healing them of all kinds of diseases, saving people from sin. That's what Jesus did every place he went, right? He didn't say, today I'm not, I'm not feeling so much like Jesus. I'm just gonna take the day off. He did it every day, right? 
So God says in 1 Corinthians, we're going to go into more scriptures. You're going to need your Bibles. I'm just introing here. Uh, he said in 1 Corinthians that we are his fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. So each one of us are to partner with God in that sowing. Um, when we look at harvest, it's the evidence of the seed sown. So you're not going to harvest if you don't sow. If the, if the farmer doesn't put the seed in the ground, he's not going to get the harvest then. And the harvest that God gives us, it's to meet our needs, but it's for the needs of others. So like open up any food. Like if you cut up and open a pumpkin today, what would be in it? Right. And there would be, would there be one? There would be tons, right? So God said, be fruitful and multiply. So he puts that principle in, into the food just to show us that from one seed, we can get a harvest of hundreds of seeds. It's not just the, it's not one for one in God's kingdom. He multiplies things when he comes on it. So our seed is everything we have. It's the truth about Jesus that's in us. It's, um, it's being the salt. It's being the light. It's putting our light on that lampstand. That's when we're sowing. So I don't want to talk so much about what to sow today or why to sow, but how to sow. Because we want to sow according to the way God wants us to sow. We want to do what glorifies Him, what honors Him. We want to put seed in the ground that is ready for Him to, to water. So we can do that daily, and we can reap daily. But the, ultimately, the, the result is up to Him. He is Lord of the harvest. So He's the master of when that is going to happen. So the Lord of the harvest, He desires us to sow according to His word, in alignment to His word. And then looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So that's one of my favorite scriptures, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, Jesus is the word made flesh. So Jesus was in heaven. He came down as a baby and he was the walking word. So you can actually take a scripture in the Bible and you'll see that Jesus did it. He didn't, he didn't do anything opposite what God's word said. Do a little research yourself. It's really fun. You'll find it's all there. He did it all. He was the perfect word. And it's, it's like a fun, exciting way to discover Jesus in maybe a way you hadn't before. So I'm going to talk about six ways, and this is a not, a, uh, not a complete list because I think you could add hundreds of ways on how to sow from God's word from this, but I just chose six. So if you got your Bible out, we're going to go to number one here. So um, we want to sow in his grace and for his glory. So we're not supposed to do these things alone, you guys. We're not supposed to, um, we're not supposed to go about doing things alone. So I'll read the scripture and then uh, we'll go into that. So John 15, four to eight, it says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as the branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. It shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Disciples. So we all drove past some trees this morning. Hey, what, what happened to all the trees this weekend? The branches broke off. That is not how God wants us to be. He wants us to be like connected the way my arm is connected to my body. Just be completely connected to him, working through him doing as he desires us to do, listening to his word and giving glory to God. We need to sow humbly. We need to sow unto him. We need to sow in a way that is not about us and not self-seeking. If your neighbor is rude to you, 
mow their lawn. Do something that do do something that's not about you that glorifies him. You got to push yourself to sow in ways that um, are contrary to what you might think. And we have to go to him daily for this. This um, says he gives us our daily bread, so we need to go to him for refreshing in his word. We need to go to him for encouragement, for strength. All of that is there. So I said we can look unto Jesus, right? I'm going to give you guys an example on each of these of Jesus and where he actually did this word in, in, the, in the Gospels. So early in the, earlier in the book of John, uh, Jesus had just healed a man who was lame from birth. This man for 38 years sat at a pool and was waiting for the water to be stirred up. And then, but he couldn't get in because no one would carry him. And the Jews were not happy about this because Jesus came and healed him on the Sabbath. So on the Sabbath was a day where you, you didn't work, you didn't labor, you weren't supposed to pull your donkey out of a well, none of those things. It was, it was a holy day and the Jews were angry about that and they were, they were ready to kill him over the matter, to stone him. And his, his response to their confrontation was, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son, for whatever he does, the son does in like manner. Jesus, God in flesh, did what the father told him to do. So we should also, we should do what Jesus did. Okay, I love those, uh, what would Jesus do bracelets back in, I don't know, the 90s. I think they should make a comeback. I think they're so good, you guys. Okay, I'm, I might start a research. Um, yeah, let's meet him daily and just receive that strength and encouragement from his word to, to stay in him, to abide in him. To abide means to live. We need to live in him. Uh, number two, number two way to focus um, on how to sow. So we need to be others focused. First Corinthians 10, 24, that says, let no one seek his own, but each other's well-being. So we shouldn't, um, everything we do should actually, if you make it about others, the joy you will have is unexplainable. If you spend your day trying to make other people happy instead of yourself, you'll be even happier than if you had tried to focus on yourself. If we look at Jesus during the Last Supper, um, it was at the beginning, the disciples were coming in, and he got up from the table and he took off his outer garments and he washed their feet. So to give you some, some context, um, washing someone's feet was the lowest of, of jobs. It was the female servant's job, but, um, if done, however, if a person washed another's feet willingly, it was a great expression of friendship. So they wore sandals, it was dirty, they didn't bathe every day, but you needed to wash your feet before dinner. And Jesus got it from the table and he did that. He took the form of a, the ultimate servant in that moment. Um, pleasing others, like I said, it's gonna make you, it's gonna make you happy, it's gonna give you joy. Think of as a family when you serve each other and you, you take care of one another, how happy it makes you. Um, I recently read an uh, article in Time Magazine and it said, the secret to happiness is helping others. So even the world is discovering this principle and how, how awesome is that? You know, they, that, that that culture is beginning to happen because today's culture appears to be very busy and me focused. So let's do the things that are uncommon. Let's, let's like I said, cut the neighbor's grass, take over some cookies to your neighbor, um, you know, be the best employee your boss has ever had. And trust me, it's gonna reap a harvest. You don't have to worry about when or how, but it will reap a harvest because when we do things unto God, he waters those seeds. So another way we should sow on how is unconditionally. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4 tells us that he who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. The conditions around us should not determine whether we sow. Neither should the person. 
We shouldn't choose that this person might be deserving of our love or this might person, you know, they might not want to hear about Jesus or they just don't deserve my kindness when I'm in line with them at the grocery store. That is never a condition. Um, if we look at Jesus um, in Luke 5, 4 to 6, it says that he went and the disciples had been fishing all night. Fishing, I guess, was the at night. Maybe it was the best time in that day. Maybe that's when the fishing were biting, fish were biting. Um, and he said to them, launch out your net into the deep for your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So it was totally not logical to those disciples to, uh, to put out their net because they had just finished fishing. They knew there was nothing there. But Jesus said, do it anyway. So we need to do it anyway, not, not conditionally. Our sowing should not be circumstantial. And we should never put our light under that lampstand because that's not what God desires. So don't wait for all the right variables to line up. Just keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Just keep swimming. Come on, come on, parents with young children, you know that one. Okay, another way we should be sowing is liberally. So Luke 6, 38 says, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, it will be into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back. So how are we measuring? How are we sowing? Are we sowing generously? Are we sowing um, liberally? That's the way God wants us to sow in what we do. So um, Jesus gave us everything, like absolutely everything, you guys. He left heaven, became a baby, was raised into a man, was arrested, trialed, betrayed, beaten, ridiculed, and then hung on a cross. He was, there was no limit to what he gave us. Absolutely no limit. And there's no limit to what God wants to give us. And then while he's suffering, what does he do? He looks to the convicted criminal next to him and says, I forgive you. And he receives him into heaven. Like that is limitless. That is liberally, that is generous. That is pressed down, shaken together. Like that is the ultimate generosity that God wants us to, to sow in. So if Jesus did it, we can do it. Remember, we can sow the way Jesus did. There's no cap. We just need to keep going and keep going and keep going even if we're discouraged, even if you're discouraged, because discouragement's gonna come. So this brings me to our next point, uh, diligence. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And Colossians three twenty three says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Who may, who's ever been discouraged here? Put up your hand. Yeah, we all get discouraged. It's a reality. You know, we're human. We're, we're contained in these bodies and, and we see the world around us and it can be super discouraging. But that is not, um, that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to be encouraged and going to his word daily, as we said, and like meeting with him, talking to him, reading his scripture. That's where we're going to be encouraged. And, and we don't have to grow weary. In addition to that, being part of a family. That's like so encouraging. Being part of a community here as a church and, and building each other up and being edified by the word, that's going to encourage you to continue to do what's good. Um, before Jesus was arrested and he was betrayed and arrested and then he went to pray in the garden, uh, he talked to God. But just before he was crucified, he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I think he sounded kind of scared. Like, he knew that this was what he needed to do. He knew that it was God's will, but he was still, he was still weary. He grew weary, but God strengthened him when he went to him. 
So sewing is not always going to be easy. We're on the narrow road, you guys. Okay? I'm the only Christian in my workplace. Okay? Anyone else in that boat? The only person who knows Jesus where they work? It's tough. It's tough. You have people just, you see all the negativity around you. We can look on the news. It's, it, it can make you weary. But God says, keep sowing, keep sowing, keep sowing. I am Lord of the harvest. Keep sowing, keep sowing. It's, he, he wants to, to work through us because we're his fellow workers. Lastly, uh, number six, we should let go of the outcome. It's totally not about you. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about this church. It's about Jesus. It's about bringing glory to God, glory to the Father, and working together as his fellow workers in this field. In Acts 1, verse 7, Jesus said to the disciples, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. And in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 to 8, he said, I planted Apollo's waters. This is Paul speaking. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increased. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor, the, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own according to his labor. So Jesus did this, just like I said, we're looking unto Jesus. He's the author and finisher of our faith. He left, you guys. He left. He didn't even stay. He was resurrected, and then he stuck around for 40 days, and then he left, and he went up to heaven. To heaven. But then he sent us the Holy Spirit to continue his work. Okay? We got to leave the outcome of everything we do to God. We sow the seeds. He waters them. He reaps the harvest. And you're going to receive reward amongst this. It's not going to be an empty thing. You're going to be encouraged. You're going you're gonna to see the fruit of all of this sowing. But it's up to him the when and the how and, and all of those things. He knows the times and the seasons. Um, yeah, he didn't stay. And we have the Holy Spirit today. Each one of us is, he's alive in us and we can, we can go to him for that direction. He's active. He's causing growth. He's moving. He's reaping. And when we leave that sowing, we need to leave it to him. So let's sow through his rest. When, what is a state of rest? It's, it's not toiling. It's not stressing. It's not striving. It's being patient on what you're waiting for. And just not watching your clock or checking the calendar or being like, God, I, I sowed the seed. Where's my harvest? And keep digging it up because it's not going to be fruitful. It's not going to multiply. You just got to sow it and leave it to God. So that's my word for you guys today, those six points. So I'm just going to refresh on those again, on the how we should sow. So we should sow in his grace for his glory. We need to be others focused. We need to sow unconditionally. We need to sow liberally with diligence. And we need to let go of the outcome. So God will be glorified through this if we do things his way. He wants to work through us, you guys. He wants to, he wants to co-labor with us. And we can look to his word for all of this instruction.